Hey everyone, I'm Patrick Genova. And I'm Lamisha. And on behalf of the New England Youth and Family Team, we wanted to create this podcast designed for parents in our youth and family ministry. This is designed to be a library of recorded sermons, devotionals, and some additional tools for parents. We also will post teen lessons so you can have great conversations with your teen. We love you all so much, and we pray this resource assists you as you take on the tall task of spiritual formation in your children. Heroic faith. Uh, faith can be scary, right? Like real faith, this idea of real belief and something that you can't see. That can be, that can be a pretty frightening um, idea or concept. And I really believe that any level of faith is, is heroic because it's so hard to have even a little bit of it. I mean, Jesus said, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be thrown into the sea. Like this idea is that it's, it's hard to even have a little bit of it because we're, we're not wired to believe in things we can't see, right? So this, this is where faith is so important. And it is heroic uh, to have faith. And I want to talk about, as we, as we talk about heroic faith, you know, it takes faith to embark on this journey that Christ calls us on. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this idea of heroes. And I know a lot of us, we, we like these movies where we see that this hero's journey through uh, his world, through his reality. And a lot of times they start off as like this unknown person or maybe somebody you wouldn't expect to be a hero. And, and there's kind of some similar ingredients through every hero's journey. And, um, and the, one of the parts, well, I'm gonna share with you guys a couple ingredients of every hero's journey, but it often begins with a call to adventure. Mm-hmm. That's where the hero's journey really begins, is there's a call to adventure. And you know what the hero's first response typically is? Like, nah, not me. No. <laughs> you got the wrong ones, not me. Um, I can't do it. I mean, we see that even in the Bible. You see where Moses was called, and he's like, ah, I can't speak well. And um, you see where different people are Jonah. just like, not nah, Jonah literally ran away. And so this call to adventure is often met with some resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we can relate to that in some ways. But every hero you know, has a few key ingredients on their journey. There's the call to adventure. There's the initial refusal or resistance to that call. Then this hero receives some supernatural help. But then finally, at some point, they cross the threshold and they begin to fully embrace the call to adventure. We'll walk through a quick example here. Miles Morales from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I think a lot of us know that movie. Mm So his call, his call came really when he was bitten. I mean, it, by a spider, it, it happened. He was bitten for a reason. It happened for a reason. It happened to him for a reason. It wasn't by coincidence. And then you see his initial refusal, right? I don't want these powers and this is awkward and this is weird. And he's ripping people's hair off uh, in the <laughs> hallway. Um, he tells Peter Parker, who he met in his own universe, he says that he doesn't want to be like him. That's what he says to Peter Parker. Peter responded, I don't think you have a choice, kiddo. It's interesting. Then he gets some supernatural help, right? So there's this team of other Spider-Men from other Spider-Verses that come to help him. And finally, at some point, he crosses the threshold. And this happens when Peter Parker of his universe is killed by a kingpin. And before he dies, Miles promises that he will finish what he started. So he finally fully embraces the journey the calling, who he was meant to be. But you know, real life is, it's not a movie. However, we find ourselves in what feels very much like one. 
except when we talk about the spiritual calling, it's real. And it's a call for each and every one of us that are listening. You teens, all of you on Zoom, are being called by the creator of the universe to something special, mm -hmm. to an adventure that is more incredible than you could ever imagine. That's the call to adventure that all of you have before you. Yeah. And that's really my first point is that God is calling you. God has called all of us to an amazing adventure. In Hebrews chapter one, verse one through four, Hebrews chapter one, verse one through four, it says, well, I'll give you guys a second to get there. Hebrews one, one through four. Maybe I can, um, oh, we can put it in the chat. Yeah, I can try to put it in the chat for you guys. Hebrews chapter one, verse one through four, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom uh, also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. God sent prophet after prophet to, the, to his people, to the people of Israel to say, there's a calling to call them to this adventure. Like you were meant for more people of Israel. He sent all of these prophets and pretty much all of them were persecuted or stoned to death. And actually Stephen in his last speech on earth in the book of Acts, he's actually says this to them. He's like, was there not a, was there not a prophet you didn't persecute? Right. And then, and then Stephen gets stoned for saying that, you know, and God sends apostles, he sends all these people just to help us understand how much he loves us to call us to this adventure. And God didn't give up, even though everybody he sent was pretty much either killed or persecuted. He didn't give up on us. He actually upped the ante. He sent his son. It says there's the radiance of God, his exact representation. He sent his son for you and for me. And you know why he sent his son? You know why God did all of this is because he saw something in you. He saw something in us. He saw what you could be. And he opened a door for you to do something really, really incredible and special with your life. Now, you might say to yourself, well, why isn't God calling me in some kind of supernatural way? Why doesn't he give me the writing on the wall? You know, if God is real, why doesn't he just you know, come down into my room in some ghost, weird ghost form, right? Well, that all happened in the Bible, right? God did come in the form of Jesus and still so many didn't believe. But if you wonder why isn't God making it clear to you, I would argue that he is. He is making the fact that you're called to so much more. He is making that fact very clear. So think about this. How many times have your parents, you know, spoken to you about God? Probably a lot, I would imagine or a decent amount, right? That's clear. God is calling you. Can I want to tell you something? You might think, oh, my parents wake up in the morning and they, oh, they just want to talk to me, you know, about God. But I'll tell you, I'll let you in on a little, maybe secret for some of them, not, maybe not all of them. But every time, I won't say every time, but many times when a parent wants to talk to you about God, their child about God, they're worried about pressuring you, about pushing you, about forcing you. because 
so you have to understand that it's uncomfortable or there's a concern, there's a fear when your mom and your dad talks to you about God because they don't want to pressure you or have you tune out the word of God. Yeah. So if they're going to come to you and talk to you about God, rest assured that it's because God has put that on their heart. It's real. And it's not so much them as much as it is God using them to help you understand what you were called to. How many times in church, you know, has somebody reached out to you or talked to you about God or shared their faith with you? You know, for me as a teen leader, and probably many of the teens think, you know, I wake up in the morning or we wake up in the morning <laughs> thinking, yeah, I just can't wait to ask somebody to study or I just can't wait to like, you know, share my faith with somebody. That's not true. It's, it can, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Mm -hmm. You know, there's also the fear of rejection. It's like, oh, you're going to diss me. You're not going to want to hang out with me because I asked you to, mm -hmm. you know, if you're interested in God or if you want to study the Bible. But every time that I do it, I know that it's God prompting me yeah. to do it. It's not me. In my comfort zone little bubble, I would rather not, to be honest with you. But God has put it on my heart. Why? Because how much he loves you, mm -hmm. that he's going to use other people. I feel it. And we feel it. Mm -hmm. God nudges us every time to talk to you guys about God or to do this message. You know, it's like, this is not from people. This is from God. This is a calling for all of you. You know, in virtual teen camp, we just had it recently. And I know God spent all week calling you using people in different ways, through different mediums. God is doing so much to call every single one of you to this incredible adventure. The question is, do you hear it? Do you hear God calling you? Do you see it? Do you understand it? That it is clear. It's just as clear as, as that expectation of why doesn't God just do, it's happening right before your eyes. He's calling you nonstop. You know, it's not people. This isn't a business. No one's trying to sell you anything. Uh, the reason we do it is because God just won't let us rest because of how much he loves you. Mm -hmm. God won't let us rest until everyone is saved. And that may sound like a burden, but it's a burden that we embrace uh, joyfully because of everything that Jesus has done for us. And you might say, well, I don't want God to keep reaching out to me like that. It's, uh, it's a lot of pressure or it's, uh, it's too tough. Well, imagine if God gave up on you. You know, imagine if everybody just stopped talking to you about God, stopped reaching out to you, stopped caring about your salvation. You know, how would you feel? I think that would be a pretty lonely feeling. You can get annoyed with the talks about God and the questions sometimes, but I think it would be way worse to think of the fact that God would actually give up on calling us. You know, for us, like we love our teens. We love every single one of our teens and it's hard for us to rest until all of our teens are good. Like, and that's not because like we are so awesome or like we just love people. It's not, it's not that. It's because God has called us mm -hmm. because of how much he loves you that he places that burden on our hearts. Not because of us, but because of you. And I want you guys to remember that the next time that someone speaks to, you about, uh, speaks to you about God, it's not easy for them. And it's because God has put that on their heart. So God is calling you through people. It's not people, uh, it's God. I wanna read another passage in Luke chapter 15, uh, verse eight through 10. And I wanna show you just how special you are to God. So Luke 15, you should read the whole chapter sometime. It basically just talks about these different lost items and, and things that, that show and demonstrate how much God loves us and how much he seeks after us, actually. And Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10, it says, Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. 
Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. God is sweeping up the house. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's moving stuff out of the way. He's like this love of just like, I'm going to find you no matter what. That's how much God loves you. He, he has nine, in this, in this analogy, he has nine coins. He'd probably be good without the one. But no, that one is still so valuable to him. You are still so valuable mm-hmm. to God. Have you ever lost something you really cared about, right? You yep. rip up the house, you throw the cushions around. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I got to find this. That's how God feels about you times infinity. Mm-hmm. You know, and Luke 15 goes through all these different things. And it just shows how much God loves you and how special you are to God. God calls us. He fights to get our attention. He literally dies. He's died to get our attention. Mm-hmm. He died to get your attention. You know, to see his devotion, to understand that we are meant for so much more. And now Lamisha is going to share a little bit. Yeah, so I think for me, um, being a kingdom kid, God called me for a while. Like, but I just kept saying no. You know, I would want to study after every teen camp. I was pumped. Like, even my, my friends, we all wanted to do it. And then we wouldn't tell anyone. So then it would never happen. And then school would start. And then you just kind of like forget the whole thing and you just think about going, going to school and, and it's a cycle. And I know that many of you go through this year after year and it's called the, the teen camp high. I know you've heard of it. You know, I'd start thinking about, you know, I start thinking about who was going to be at school the next year, you know, boys and would this be the year that I'd be having a relationship? Like, and I forget all about God, <laughs> like, and what I learned and I dive right back into comfort. And then, can you help? Yeah. So then, wait, hold on one second, guys. So yeah, so the next thing you knew, like I knew, I was like in college. And I was just like, wow, like time really flies. <laughs> like, and in the back of my mind, still, I knew that I wanted to become a disciple deep down, you know, but still just really didn't tell anyone. So I just didn't know how at this point or if I wanted to give up the college experience. And so um, I chose to live the typical college life, you know, the parties, drinking boys, just doing what everyone else was doing, because that's just how it was. And as I think about it, I think, wow, you know, like, I think about why I was doing it. Like, why was I really doing that and kind of following the crowd? And it was because I was just running from God. Like I was, I was drowning out his call for my life with like a bottle of alcohol and a relation and a boyfriend on the side, you know, like it's. I tried to ignore the call, you know, and, and my upbringing the best that I could. And, but I could just never shake. I could just never shake it. Like God just kept coming after me. And then my life would just fall to pieces. I get too drunk. I end up heartbroken, whatever cycle continues. And the emptiness kept growing too. And, um, you know, I honestly, I, I hated, I hated my life. You know, I really did. It looked nice on the outside, but I really hated it. You know, I hated that it was just so temporary, like that I couldn't find this complete fulfillment anywhere. Like I felt this hole all the time that, you know, would never satisfy like a thirst that I could never quench, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just want to talk to the girls for a second. Like, are you really being fulfilled chasing these boys, you know, caring about what other people think about you? You know, aren't you tired of keeping up with all of this, the latest trend, gossip, you know, is that really fulfilling you when you think about it? really think about this. Is it, is it like, why are you even doing it? You know, are you really looking forward to heartbreak? (laughs) You know, it's really not, 
a great life because you you are special like you are a princess you are superwoman you know the stuff of storybooks you were meant to be that this pure apple of god's eyes set apart different from all the other girls in your school um and that are just doing the same thing you know you were meant to be more than just like the basic typical teenage girl so much more and god is calling you right now but what will actually what will be your answer so yeah thanks for sharing mm -hmm. what is the answer right like we all have to answer that question we all seek after things that it's kind of like no god i don't want to hear it right now but what is our answer going to be you know god has done his part he seeks us out he searches for us he he calls us to this adventure through so many different people in different ways he had sent prophets and jesus he sent the holy spirit he's devoted to us are we devoted to him he's calling us will we answer the call and that's my second point and, and we only have two points tonight my second one is make a choice mm -hmm. make a choice it's scary it's hard it takes heroic faith mm -hmm. right to make a choice but if we're to be heroes we have to cross the threshold like our boy miles morales he finally <laughs> embraced his identity he finally mm -hmm. dawned the hero that he was always meant to be but he had to have that moment where he crossed the threshold where he crossed over from his old life to his new life you know like i mentioned at camp i know you guys heard the call and siobhan asked in, the, in our last day of camp you know what decisions will you make mm -hmm. did you make a decision what is your decision will you decide to go on this adventure or do you want to rather go back to a life of comfort what decisions have you made since camp in matthew chapter 19 we're going to read verse 16 through 22. And it's a passage i'm sure you're familiar with we're going to look at it in a, in a little bit of a different way here and it's the story of the rich young ruler right i know you guys have heard this many times but hang in there with me let's read it anew with new eyes <laughs> with heroic faith verse 16 it says just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? A question we often all ask, what am I lacking? What am I missing? Like, what am I supposed to do? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your, and perfect meaning spiritually mature, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This was a call to adventure. If you ever heard a call to adventure, that's it. Jesus, God in the flesh, is calling this rich young ruler. He says, sell everything you have, follow me. It's terrifying, terrifying call, right? Like if you heard that, it'd be, it'd be scary. But that's the call to adventure. It is scary, but it's so exciting when we have heroic mm -hmm. faith and we know who is inviting us on this adventure. Yeah. But what's the reality here is wealth was holding him back from being the person he was meant to be. His security and his wealth kept him from being saved. Ultimately, he said no. That was his choice. He did not want to cross the threshold. He didn't want to embrace the hero 
that he was meant to be. Imagine Miles Morales, for example, always having these special powers, but just trying to be a regular kid. You know, for you guys growing up in the church, you have special powers. You know the Bible, you know the scriptures, you know the power of God. And if you watch your friends suffer and hurt and be in pain and we do nothing, it's the same. Where we have special power and we're watching other people in pain, even though we can do something about it. Don't neglect this power that we have in God. Let's cross the threshold and be the heroes we were meant to be. And for those that may think that Jesus was asking too much of this guy. Well, I want to throw a couple of counterpoints at you, okay? Don't you think that Jesus would have given him a hundred times more than anything he gave up, whether it be material or spiritual? Like, wouldn't it have been worth it? Yeah. Don't you think God, who created everything, would have made whatever he gave up worth the sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Literally, getting a walk with God in the flesh, is that not worth it? The type of journey that you would be on every day would feel like you're really living. Every day we feel like, what's going to happen today? What's Jesus going to do today? Imagine the things we would have read about this rich young ruler in the Bible if he answered the call. He would have been immortalized in the Bible if he answered the call. But instead, he walked away sad because he didn't have this heroic faith, the faith to cross the threshold. And I want to ask you guys, where is your faith today? And, and, when I became a Christian, there was nothing special about me. I resisted the call. I was like, oh, no, this is scary. This is a lot. Oh, man, like, wait, I got to stop smoking marijuana. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop chasing girls. I'm going to have to stop partying. Like, it was scary. What is this going to mean for my family dynamics? Like, but at the same time, I felt it. I knew it was real. And I knew I was being called to what I was always meant to be a part of. And that was God's kingdom. Where's your faith today? And I want to ask all you guys just for a second, not to think you know what it means to follow Jesus. Because if you haven't crossed the threshold yet, if you haven't made that decision, you don't yet know. But sometimes thinking you know will keep you from wanting to be there for, for, or for even seeking it out. Yeah. So for a second, just reserve anything you think you may know about it. Do you believe that in crossing the threshold that Jesus can help you make it all the way through and will make it worth it for you in your life? Do you have faith that you will be okay and even more than okay if you follow Jesus, if you give everything up to follow him? Do you not think that, can you believe that he will make it worth it for you in your life? If you can believe that, if you could just trust the messenger that he's saying, I got you, I got you. Don't worry about everything you're worrying about. I got you. If you can just believe that, that's heroic faith. Yeah. You know, since camp, have you accepted the invitation or have you walked away? Have you reached out to someone to study the Bible or ask questions about God, whatever you want to call it, or go over some scriptures? Or have you kind of went back to trying to live the normal life? Have you started your adventure or are you resisting the call? How much longer, how much longer do you want to put this off? How is it benefiting your life waiting? How is your life being benefited by waiting? Mm -hmm. Your real life will begin as soon as you decide to accept the call to adventure. It's up to you. And it's going to look different for everybody. It's going to be in a different time frame for everybody. That's the beauty. Each hero goes through their own you know, process of crossing over this threshold. But look at some of the, 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 the incredible aspects of the journey. Look at Peter's life. Look at Paul's life. It looked hard but it also looked awesome. Like it was insane. Peter walked on water. 
Paul rebuked demons. They had a faith that I want. They believed in a way that I want to believe in. I want to believe that, like, that, that, that things are going to move because of the faith that I have. And when I believe that, it's like I can touch it. I can touch this world that exists, this adventure. And then every day I wake up, I'm excited about what God is going to do. And Lamisha is going to share a little bit right now. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No, you're fine. Yeah, you know, 10 years ago, I, you know, I made that, that scary, really scary choice, right? Sophomore year of college. You know, I called my team leader like in tears because I was fearful, but I was also excited at the same time. Didn't know what I was getting into. Um, and I didn't know what it really meant to even be a disciple. I just saw what other people did and how they looked and they were so happy. And I was like, oh, I just want to be, I want to be happy, you know? <laughs> and so um, I think some of you, like if you haven't studied it out, like you don't even really know what it really means to make Jesus Lord of your life. You know, I think you think you do, but you really have no idea until you really sit with the scriptures and really learn about the truth. And that's only through reading God's word. And I think sometimes we don't even know what we're like scared of. And Satan knows that if he makes you scared, you won't do it. Like you won't, you won't cross the threshold that Patrick Chatrick was saying. And that's what he did to me. You know, here I was thinking that being a disciple, being a disciple meant I had to follow all these rules all the time. But when actually, as I studied, I wanted to follow those commands because I understood why they were there in the first place. You know, I, I had to learn it. You know, it wasn't there to make my life miserable. My life isn't miserable right now, <laughs> you know, but it was there to protect me from harm, you know, from falling into Satan's traps again and again. And that's just one example of the things I learned reading the word and the truth. And it became so clear to me. And a relationship with God is like actually the safest and most secure I've ever felt like in my life. You know, God wasn't going to ever leave me. He was going to be constant, you know, and I felt like as if my soul could rest because it was, you know, what my soul really wanted all along, you know, it just, it just felt right. You just kind of know. And the Bible says in first Peter two twenty five, you don't have to turn there. It says for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And I had just returned to God. That was it. It was really simple guys. It's that's all you're doing is going back to whom your soul belongs to in the first place. <laughs> But it, it, he, it takes that step of faith and it's one decision. And for me, it was just one phone call and that was it. It was mine all of a sudden, you know, and I still pause from time to time and I look around and I kind of like survey my life, you know, after like 10 years. And I think like, man, my life isn't perfect, but look how far that I've come since that one phone call. Like, I'm so proud of myself that I did that. I'm so proud. And for you guys, what will you be saying, you know, 10 years from now? I don't, will it be like, man, I wasted all that time living for myself with nothing to show for it? Or will it be, thank God I had the faith to answer the call because look where I am now. So, mm. yeah. I love what Lamisha mm -hmm. shared about that, that phone call. Like that's that, that was like, you're crossing mm -hmm. the threshold yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. Like you just knew when you made that phone call, like that was it. Mm -hmm. Have you made your one phone call? You know, have you made that call yet? God is calling you. Have you picked up? Have you called back? Okay, you missed the call. All right. You left I'm, a voicemail. You left a voicemail, but are you going to call him back? You know, can you at least text back? You know, maybe. But no, that's how it is. And I think, you know, for me too, like my mind plays a lot of tricks on me. And I think Satan is there too. Even before I became a Christian, like, oh, 
and you're just trying to you look at it like way far down the line all these reasons why not but that's where faith is needed to not worry about the future and let god uh take care of that more than anything in the world i want to have that type of faith Mm -hmm. all of the time you know do you want that do you want to have that type of faith just to know that you're part of this amazing adventure because you are well accept the call God will raise you up, will mold you into the hero you were always meant to be. Don't let the fear and the overthinking paralyze you. Uh, We're going to have Ella Kennedy share in a second here. But in wrapping up, you know, I think there's been two main reasons I've heard for teens that, you know, I think in general, it's not just you guys, Mm -hmm. like it's everybody, you know, but worried about what, about what, what would hold you back, right? From from making the call, crossing the threshold, you know, taking the mm-hmm. next step. I think one of the main things I've heard is being worried about friends, how this is going to affect your, your friend life. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is it's like too, feels like it's too big of a commitment. Like you don't think uh, that you can do it or that you're capable of, of following through with it. And um, I have two thoughts for that. You know, if, if you're concerned with your friends, I think this is what I'd say. If they're your real friends, they will be your friends no matter what decision you make. Follow, and following Jesus is going to just make you a better friend anyway to them. So, and then the second thing is, you know, not thinking you can do it. I wouldn't worry so much about what you think you can and can't do. I would try to focus a little bit more on what God can do in your life. And with that, Ella Kennedy is going to share a little bit uh, from her perspective. Um, being a, Yeah, being a disciple in the kingdom. Yeah. Go for it, Ella. Um, Hi everyone, I'm Ella, like they said, and I just wanted to share a little bit about what I've learned during quarantine about God's love and patience. And so I think early in quarantine, I just personally felt pretty isolated and just oftentimes bad about myself, feeling like I wasn't good enough or like I should have been doing more. And I've had hard days even still where having a good quiet time can sometimes just feel like a challenge. And um it hasn't been easy to not be able to see other people in the church as often. And I feel like for me, it can be tempting to turn to other things like social media and to feel more connected and distract myself and just, uh, or even be lazy and just watch TV all day or play video games all day. Um, But I realized that those things weren't really helping me. And every time I went on those platforms like social media, I found myself just comparing myself to others and feeling like I wasn't good enough. And so I've seen people talk about how they've been productive and like blown up and I can get sometimes just discouraged. And so, I mean, for example, one day I had planned to be super productive the next day. I wanted to clean my room and talk to a bunch of people and go on a prayer walk. But the next day I just slept in and I watched TV all day and I just felt like so ashamed and honestly like pretty useless and so those feelings really weighed me down and made me feel like I wasn't living up to both the standards I'd set for myself and just the ones that social media had told me I had to live up to and so I certainly did not feel like I had heroic faith or was a part of something heroic I just felt burdened by this pressure that I had put on myself and so eventually I decided that I was so over it and that I would just refocus and make my standards match God's. And um, Mm. while doing this, I found myself reading Matthew 23 
36 through 40, where Jesus tells us that the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. And I love scripture because, well, sometimes I can feel like I forget about the second commandment, to be loving and patient, to be as loving and patient towards myself that I am towards others, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, some some days... I would encourage a friend on the phone and like telling them that they need to be kind to themselves and like acknowledge it that this is a pandemic and it's a new season of life and it's okay to be struggling but then I would beat myself up for not feeling as connected to God as usual and so I just really had to meditate on that and realize that it's equally as important to be kind to myself as it is to be kind Mm -hmm. to my neighbor and I would never (laughs) be so short-tempered with my neighbor and so I think having patience has been a big thing I've had to learn. And also I've had to go back to a scripture in Titus 3, 4 through 5, where it says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And I I love this scripture too, because it's just such a constant reminder that God doesn't love me because of the righteous acts I have done or can do, but just because of his mercy and grace and I just, God's standard for me is so much lighter than the ones that I had put on myself because I feel like instead of confining me and making me feel less than and causing me to just feel bad about myself and feel useless, his standard is just freeing and lets me just rest and like take a pause and just know that his love and mercy is unconditional. And so I would just say that, so quarantine has taught me anything. It's that some days being heroic looks like leading a D group and sharing my faith with a bunch of people, which is so amazing to do. But some days it can just look like getting out of bed and reading my Bible. And, and that's perfectly okay um, as long as I'm meeting God's standard because mm-hmm. it's just thanks to his love and mercy that I'm saved. And all he really asks of me is to live my life for him. Wow, that's great. That's amazing. Thank you so Very much, Ella, for sharing. And I can relate to a lot of that too. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can. We can be naturally really hard on ourselves, yeah. can beat ourselves up. And I think even it can manifest itself spiritually. Like, I'm not doing enough for God. I'm not yeah. thinking that. But, and I think that's an important point as far as why we sometimes think we're not going to be able to do it. You know, why we sometimes think we're not going to be able to finish this race is because we think it's going to be too heavy of a burden. But the reality of it is, to your point, Ella, it's like the world and ourselves, we put a heavier burden on, on ourselves than yep. God ever did. Mm-hmm. You know, with God, it's about, it's about love. And the place that's interesting, that the place that you go to to feel a lighter burden are the scriptures. The very thing that many <laughs> yeah. of us can think, this is going to give me rules. This is going to give me a hard time. But that's where you go to actually feel less of a burden. Yeah. And I think there's truth in that. I think it's like, I've felt that so many times. I go to the Bible and I feel like, oh my gosh, thank you, God, that you love me despite my imperfections, despite my lack of performance in a certain area. Like grace is so incredible. And I want to encourage all of you to know that. Like when you cross the threshold and you think, oh, it's this heavy burden. It's like a ball and chain. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. it's freedom from the burden that the world puts on you and the burden that you put on yourself because we could be so hard on ourselves. I am my worst enemy so often and I can be the hardest on myself than anybody else can be. But I go to the word 
to feel like I don't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. No one else has been able to make me feel the way the word of God has made me feel about that. So I want to encourage you guys with that. Thank you, Ella. It was so inspiring. And God, just know, wrapping up here, that God is devoted to helping each and every one of us finish. I'm going to leave you with this last scripture. Mm -hmm. and, and hold on to this scripture. Hold on to it. Write it down. Um, I was going to say get a tattoo of it, but don't oh, do gosh. that. Um, <laughs> don't do anything. Never mind. Uh, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this uh, right here. Anyways, it's a great passage. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's a promise to be confident that when we cross the threshold, that God is going to complete the work that he began in us, that he's going to see us through it, to it all. It's not going to be your strength, your performance, your good deeds. It's going to be God is going to make sure you get to the finish line. That's on, that's on God. That's his promise as far as it depends on him. And I know I want to finish like Jesus, and I want to encourage you guys to desire to finish like Jesus, mm -hmm. to go on the adventure, to understand that God is calling you to an incredible adventure. And it's not the movies. It's real. Mm -hmm. But we have a choice to make. And what choice will you make today? What phone call will you make? What text will you send? What's going to be your decision in light of everything we heard at teen camp? And lastly, let's just have some heroic faith. That's yeah. it. That's all we got. Thank you guys for your time love and you listening. Guys. Thank um, you so much, Ella. You. That was great. Yeah, Ella is amazing. This has been an episode of the New England Youth and Family Parents Podcast. Please subscribe so you can stay up to date with the latest episodes.